transported from your office desk grab that sandwich beam me up scotty where are we going no one knows well i technically do know but that was surprises so spoiled the surprise oh i can't speak better get i better get my better get ready 20 seconds okay all right all right here we go to infinity and beyond oh disney don't see me okay Right, everyone, five seconds, four, three, two, one. Hello, everyone out there, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever you are. I am super excited because today we're going to go from the physical to the metaphysical, something or other. You might have heard about this word before, metaverse, NFT, architecture, well, we're going to dive deep into this theme today because I've been curious about it for a while and I thought what better way to speak to an architectural professional who is designing in the metaverse so we can learn, we can ask a few questions. So I have the fabulous guest today to my virtual right, Fatima Monfared. How are you today, Fatima? You okay? Hi, it's so good to be here again and I'm so great today and so excited to be with you again. Yeah. yeah, we're doing it. That's right, because we have done that. We've done a podcast, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. A lot of people have enjoyed it. And the thing is, because the metaverse is very visual, so through this medium now, we can you can give us a bit of a glimpse, you know, because before on the podcast, it's exciting, and maybe the imagination's going. But since then, I've seen all your awesome work and maybe that's a nice way you could just tell everyone who maybe have not listened to that episode before about who you are and what tell us about your company and then we will expand from there yeah totally definitely happy to do that and you know it's been a while since we last talked so a lot has yeah. happened in spaces as well so a lot to catch you up on so basically i'm an architect a traditionally trained architect i did my whole career in spain and um, soon after, I realized this passion for build, building in the virtual worlds um, and the metaverse, as we started calling it. And yeah. Spaces DAO is basically what came out of that. It's a community of architects, uh, developers, and designers working together on building immersive experiences across several metaverse platforms. You have Sandbox, Decentraland, Spatial, Leap, and a bunch of them, and, and we're building across that. And it was founded by me and my co-founder, Juan, who we went to university together. That's a really cool story back there, um, reunited. And he was also very much interested in NFTs. And that kind of brought us uh, into creating spaces. And uh, it's been intensive months of work and mm. um, really excited to share that with you all and, and see what it really is to build within the metaverse and how, what architects can, can bring to these virtual worlds that we're creating. I think, you know, Web3, uh, the immersive web, instead of having a 2D website, having a 3D website, that really opens up a lot of possibilities for architects and 3D designers and developers to position themselves in that industry and, and help shape it. And uh, we're trying to do that and happy I to mean, share my journey. Yeah. Amazing. I'll give you another round of applause. You're kind of going from one dimension to the other. I love that you met your... Um, 
your your business partner or you know at the university and i think that shows the importance of um where you can meet these people and i love that you studied in architecture and now you're doing still architecture but maybe not in the sense that you initially thought right you know we just You've kind of gone along on the journey. Now, I know you've got a presentation in a bit and and, and uh, that's cool because we can all see the exciting stuff you, you've done. Now, maybe you mentioned this in the presentation, but tell me if you don't. But I think for a lot of people that maybe are hearing about the metaverse and they're not familiar with certain terminology, maybe we, if, if you don't mention it in the presentation, can we start with your definition uh, you know, informally about what the metaverse is first and foremost. Yeah, I think it's one that is evolving every day. I think if you look back yeah. at interviews I've done, it's, it's going to be different definitions for it. And that's really the cool thing about it. I want to say that as like a disclaimer before I give it my current definition. Um, it's something that we're building. It's in the making. The metaverse as we want it is not built yet. We don't have that final like, you know, this is the metaverse. It's not there yet. So it's mm -hmm. it's day to day work and we're building it and we're shaping it and defining it as well. So in my opinion, it's the next step of the internet. It's the new way of how we're gonna be connecting with each other in a more immersive um, atmosphere. It's going to be taking that 2D websites and just 2D um, social interactions that we have and turning yep. them into 3D interactions. So it's basically the next iteration of the web, if I had to put it in simple words, uh, that's how I would define it. Um, and I think that there are platforms that are that are giving the frameworks for that. So it, that's kind of like, you know, and on top of those platforms, architects and designers are coming in and building the experiences. So I would say it's the 3D web. It's the the next iteration of the, of the web and, and the internet. Yeah. Makes complete sense. And you're right. And I'm seeing kind of these different metaverses out there. And some of us, I'm showing my age here a little bit. I used to play Second Life and stuff. That's not quite the metaverse, but there's little concepts in there as well. And sometimes when I go on spatial, and you could tell us a bit more about these metaverses. And very shortly, if everyone sticks with us, you're going to see those awesome works in the metaverse that you're doing. But it, it, it makes sense, right? Well, if these metaverses emerge, then while everyone can design it, it would make sense to me that the role of an architect is going to have a big um, impact on that. And it's quite an exciting challenge. Now, just before we continue on as well, because some people hear the word metaverse, Fatima, and then they also hear stuff like NFTs and Web3. So just before we continue with that, I'd love for you, because an NFT, while they can interlink with the metaverse, it's a very different thing, isn't it? And is so I think it's non-fungible token. Is that right? Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. I, I always get confused. I always, I always, I always think I get confused on the fungible, fungible, which means it's there's in essence an NFT that it's a one-off. If an NFT is properly, it's like. Um, it can't be copied in a sense. It's it's something which can have that digital stamp on. Now, that's my flummoxy way of saying it. What's your definition of an NFT, first and foremost? Yeah, I think I would just like go back in time a little bit to build the context to defining what an mm, NFT please. is. And, you know, we've had metaverses uh, for a long time. So these are metaverses uh, like that we're playing, like World of Warcraft that we're playing and, and, and Roblox. These are essentially uh, metaverses. Second Life, you mentioned that these are metaverses, right? But cool. within these metaverses, you own assets, you own things like you buy a skin or you buy an asset that you have that you own inside that space. And you use that to interact or communicate or to play the game um, while 
those are not completely owned by you. They're owned by the platform and you are the user and you own that as long as the platform exists, right? And, mm. and I think what they're doing that is they're revolutionizing ownership in the virtual space. So you're essentially the owner of everything that you have in the digital. And uh, NFTs are the technology that are kind of giving us access to that and, and the blockchain as well, which is the technology on which NFTs are being developed on. So essentially, if I buy something uh, in a metaverse, I have ownership of that. And I'm going to give an example to, to explain this a little bit better. I was talking to this guy and he invested in one of the previous uh, metaverses. I'm not going to name which one. He had mm-hmm. lots of skins. He used to play it for a long time and he, he owned a lot of assets within that game. Several right. years passed and he hadn't gone into it. And he forgot his ID username and he couldn't get access to the account that he had. Essentially, he lost all the money he invested in that platform. Right. Gone, poof. You know, like you played that game for years, you invested a lot of money in it, and it was just gone, right? And NFTs and the blockchain are kind of registering that in a in a shared ledger kind of thing where you, you never lose that. It's it's completely yours. It, you have the access to it. And it's that ownership will not get lost because it's registered within a blockchain that is decentralized and controlled in a decentralized manner. So that's basically, I think, um, how I, I think- would- yeah. I think you did a good job as well. You get another round of applause because explaining NFTs from experience is so difficult because there's also so many different iterations of an NFT, isn't it? And I think what I've interviewed one or two people like Renobi.io talking about building an architectural marketplace and people are starting to experiment in NFTs. So I've got a project which I need to keep working on because as you said, the space moves so fast, but yeah. I'm interested in NFTs as well and what that, what that could mean for architects, you know, what kind of NFTs are there and, and and what kind of architecture could come of it and I'm sure you've seen as well as some stories isn't there of people selling like a beautiful digital house for like half a million pound which is NFT or crazy money and people are going what is all this about so it the space is moving now but I think that's really important um, definition there the last definition and just before we go into the definition, Fenderick says, do I ask questions on Twitch or YouTube? You can ask questions where you want. The, I will bring up one or two questions, maybe near the middle of the end as they pop up. But anyone can ask any questions. And it's important to ask questions. And I might we not, might not all know all the answers because the metaverse and all that stuff is moving fast, but we will do the best we can. And I have an expert here. We will try and answer questions as well. But the last definition I was going to say before we can kick off and uh, we, we, we've done the hard work is web free because I Fatima, got confused between what metaverse is and, and web free. So, and, and my understanding is we're kind of like in web two for web pages, you know, a static version. That's like the second iteration of the web. So what what is the web free and why does that why is that relevant to what we've talked about the metaverse and NFTs? Yeah, thank you. I mean, I'm definitely uh, I, I would say that anyone who says they're an expert in this space is lying. Because <laughs> none of us are experts, right? We're um, learning, like practicing architecture. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's more of a community we're learning together and and yeah. I don't think there are any experts yet because it's it's so early stage. But I would say from my experience, Web2 um, is kind of like, you know, you, you can have the dot com 
um, movement that came in and everyone wanted to have their website to represent their business and their activities and you're you're doing shopping online and that was a huge thing right everyone in yeah. the world was like super shocked like wow I can I can buy something through the web and through my computer and that was a big thing and and then this is the next step of that essentially you are able to have those experiences that you have your shopping experiences your social networking experiences whatever life you have digitally but then having that in a more immersive 3d atmosphere rather than the 2d scroll down that we have right now it's going to mm -hmm. be in a more immersive way and, and not just that it's 3d but it's also interactive so you can play a game you can win things you can watch to earn play to earn all of these concepts are also involved in that web3 experience because as you're doing all of th these things, you can interact with it. You can earn, you can have earnings off of your activities in, in the, in the web. And that is something that obviously we've been doing with YouTube, with, uh, TikTok with all of these platforms, but imagine doing that in a more immersive, more 3D um, way and, and involving technologies like VR, XR, augmented reality. So that's, I think, where Web3 is going. Well done. Well, you've absolutely beasted them and we've got the hard work out of the way because those definitions are definitely the hardest bit to explain. I think these are so important, though, because it really, everyone, including myself, when you first start looking into this, it's, it can feel a bit confusing when actually they're quite simple. And I think as well, as you said, if, if everyone constantly thinks of them as moving and evolving, much like design iterations, then you know, we can, it gets easier. You can go with the flow. Now, I would love if it's cool with you, there's no better way to start and now visualizing these terms and what we talked about than you showing us a little bit about your business. So space is DAO. Maybe we'll talk a bit later what a DAO is, but I'm sure you can, it would be awesome if, if you, if it's all right, if you can show me a little bit of what you've done. So now I'm going to bring this on the screen and we, we we're in like full presentation mode. I'll be good. I will be quiet and the floor is yours, but if you need anything, Fatima, let me know. All right. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. I mean, uh, this is just the title page spaces. That's where we are. And you can find us and connect to us um, on socials. And um, we're on Twitter, Instagram, the typical. And, and our website is as well, spacesdow.xyz. So we can go next and I can start talking about what we do. Cool. Oh, do I need to click? I think you can click. Is it? Oh, I can click. That's, that's yeah, cool. yeah. You've got total control. Don't worry. Oh, that's amazing. That would be awful. Imagine I was doing it. You'd be like, "Ah, oh, Steve, don't worry. You're in control. Okay, go for it." Cool. I didn't know that, so that's really cool. So <laughs> I should have said beforehand, but we're live. We're freestyling. You know, it's all yeah, good. That's it. That's good. Yeah. So who we are? We went through that a little bit. Spaces is a collective of architects, artists, developers dedicated to the design of tailored spaces and experiences for the metaverse. And essentially, we're going to look into what that means. But we used to build things in the physical world. And as these virtual worlds are, are evolving, we're building things virtually instead of physically. Um, we do services from consulting, 3D modeling and design and game development. What does that mean? Most of the time we have brands and companies that have heard the buzzword, the metaverse, they want to position themselves in the metaverse and they want to do something there, right? But they're not sure how to tackle it. We have hundreds of metaverses uh, in the market. We have metaverses coming out daily and and how do you decide on where do you position yourself 
um, what what should your niche be and what do you actually want to achieve from uh, transitioning to Web3 or transitioning to the metaverse? That's really essential. So we help them on defining those uh, those goals and, and deciding on what should their strategy in the metaverse be. And once that's decided, then we have a clear idea, a design brief of what we can build for them in the metaverse. Then we start with mm-hmm. that. We start 3D modeling, designing and and testing that out. And then the, the last and third step, which is the most essential, where the, really the metaverse comes into play is game development. So mm-hmm. most of these platforms are gamified to an extent. Um, and you have to upload these uh, designs that you're doing and create interactions on top of it because what we believe is essentially if you have 3D models that are static in the metaverse, that's not creating an immersive web, right? When it becomes mm-hmm. immersive is when those spaces can interact with the users. And that's where the game development comes in and interactions can be, uh, whether it's a game uh, where mostly sandbox is, is the one where a lot of people are going to when they want to create a game because it's it's really a game engine. And then you have um, spatial, which has more social interactions like sharing uh, live streams, sharing your screens, sticky notes, playing around. Uh, you have your Ready Player Me avatars, and you have like interactions like you can buy an NFT directly inside the space. You would have the image, click on it, redirect to a link. That kind of um, experience is what you have in the gameplay so far, and that's really evolving every day, and we're we're learning um, as we go along. These are some of the projects we've done. We've done from art galleries, festival and concert spaces, tech hubs and residential offices, shops, for example. And, and it's just really fun because a lot of people sometimes ask me, what do you do in the metaverse? Like, what do you build? Right. Um, yeah. And who are what are the industries that are coming to the metaverse? And that's also evolving every day. We're so excited to see new industries coming into the metaverse things like i mean essentially at the beginning we had art galleries and concerts and festival spaces right that's where we started and then now we're seeing more and more industries uh coming into the metaverse we have a supermarket chain that is coming into the metaverse we have law firms that are coming to the metaverse we have real estate owners that are coming to the metaverse and that's really exciting and and finding out ways to work with them and to transition their their businesses into functioning in that space that's really exciting for us Nice. This was one of the projects that we loved, and it's a video, so I'm not sure if you can play it. Do I have we'll to? Have a, we'll have a go, right? We'll learn together. Oh, yeah. I think it, it's playing. I think it's playing. We'll see in a second. Oh, no. Don't worry if not, I can bring it up on the old YouTubes in the okay. background. <laughs> That's great. So this was a collaboration. This was for International Women's Day, and this personally is one of my favorite projects. Um, also because I'm all about female empowerment in the space and um, I hold this project really close to my heart and it was with Boss Beauties, which is an amazing NFT collection, um, female founded and in support of uh, females in the, in, the, in, the, in the space with Barbie and the UN Peacekeepers. And it was an event that was supposed to be hosted at the UN headquarters in New York, but because of COVID, it was hosted in a different uh, venue. And we had this virtual space where the NFTs that were auctioned off that night um, for the charity were were exhibited and you could bid on the auction through the space. And you had a live stream of the actual physical event that was happening um, inside that space. So we had a lot of people coming in that night and they were watching the live stream and participating in the auction. And you see this, um, it was a collection originally of 50, um, 50 NFTs and each one of them was representing a female leader throughout history and um we had like joan of arc we had princess diana we had um i mean this was creations of boss beauty so it was really beautiful um pieces of artwork and 
we were happy to be able to house them. Amazing. Um, this light is, I guess it's not kind of floating, but let's go for it. <laughs> we'll go for it anyways. Yeah, I'm we'll in the background trying to, f I'll find the YouTube. We'll get there. Don't yeah. worry. Whatever we so, can do. What is the role of architects in shaping the metaverse? And I think here I just really wanted to point that out. And we talked about this at the beginning, right? We have the metaverse, we have NFTs, we have Web3. What are all of these and what architects mm -hmm. can do in each of these spaces? And I think that's really important because one of the ways that as architects we can contribute to this uh, virtual um, metaverse architecture industry is through commission designs. So you have mm. a client that has a specific need and they want to develop it within a certain metaverse. They would either acquire land or it's a metaverse that is not based on land and then you would design and develop that project for them. And then another way that we can work as architects in this space is through NFTs. Uh, we can create beautiful renders, we can create 3D models of spaces that we want. And in partnership with Renovi, for example, we can put it on their marketplace, which is focused for 3D assets and then sell that directly. So instead of having a client commission you to do something, you can create something of your own and put it to the market. And let's say I'm a landowner in the central land and I see your design on this um, NFT marketplace and I like it and I want to deploy it on my land, I would buy it, I would get the 3D model and then be able to um, to have it there. And then the, the third way that I think the metaverse helps architecture is less in the virtual space, but all, but in the physical. And this is another one that is really cool because it's, in my opinion, it's the next uh, next step of BIM technology. So we usually have programs like Revit, um, Archicad, and these are what we're using for BIM, right, in construction. And now with the metaverse, NVIDIA, for example, is, is um, creating this platform called Omniverse where we can in real time uh, collaborate between architects and engineers and build and test our buildings before we construct them in, in a virtual atmosphere. And I think that's really the next step of, um, of BIM technology. And, and I guess the, the, the last one that I would mention is planning. And this was interesting for me because when I first started out, um, I went into the central land and I have in the background where it blurred out uh, the map of the central land. It was a super plain flat map. Oh, I've managed to get your video working randomly. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Hooray. That, I was paying attention. I was like the IT tech in the background. I love that. There we go. Oh, yeah. this was so this is the Boss Beauties project, yeah. which is very cool. I'm glad we got there. Perfect. Yeah. I love it. Look at that. So you made all this. You made everything, the environment. Yeah. Here we go. I'm loving the, I'll just turn it down slightly. Very cool. Yeah, and the live stream was back there at that corner. Um, I mean, it was a bigger screen at the, at the event time, but yeah. Fantastic. What was really fun about this um, was that, you know, you saw those balls that are like, this little um, balls that are floating in the in the atmosphere. It's fun mm -hmm. because in spatial, you can actually like jump on them and you can fly from one to the other. And people were doing that and it was really funny to watch. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, it looks absolutely amazing. And while you were here as well, I have been looking at your Twitter. So I'm going to bring that up as well. And I was quite captivated by this video, which I can get working, which is another one of your awesome projects, which is absolutely mad. Look at this world. 
This is for people to visualize, and we can have it on loop a bit. That's actually perfect. This is um, Sandbox, right? What you were talking about as the platform. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, this was a concert and festival space originally intended for the Sandbox. Um, It's still not deployed on any Metaverse platform because the client um, has has been deciding on what to do with it. I mean, they had some issues internally, and um, but it was originally intended for the sandbox, and it was supposed to be a concert and festival space. And we, we did this space, and we loved it because we were just imagining each of us like, what would you like to have in a festival that you don't have, and how would you like to enhance that in a virtual space, right? Um, and then we thought of this like very like gigantic tube that is like a slide that is going everywhere and you can go from these slides to any space and i mean like you can jump like 50 meters and nothing happens to you because it's your avatar so we literally thought oh well it would be really cool from the main stage if this tube was kind of like floating and coming to this which was the pool stage and it kind of just like dumps you in the middle of the pool (laughs) i think it's brilliant i it's the one that when you showed me i think you popped into Acro Larry's offices. It was absolutely amazing. Here's your Twitter just while everyone's here and you should follow a spaces DAO. May as well mention it while we're here because why not? Um, you should follow us. You're not following us. Oh, my not. There you go. We can do it live. It might. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I am. There you go. Busted. <laughs> so I don't use Twitter much. Um, of course, I should be following you. Um, there we go. I can see a lot of cool projects here as well. And you sent me a a lot over. So is this the last page of your presentation then? Is that, or is there a little bit more? I think there's a little bit more. I go into about DAOs a little bit, but I mean, there's just too much text here. And then there's the whole creator economy. I mean, this is interesting. I mean, I would kind of highlight this. Um, We were talking about this earlier about how the difference between Web 2 and Web 3 and and the metaverse and how it's evolved with NFTs and, and blockchain. I think one of the most important things of that is monetization and creator rights. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and, and this is a clear chart of that. I don't know if it's clear for you to see it, but um, mm-hmm. Web2 uh, metaverse platforms like Roblox, uh, Meta, YouTube, whatever, as a creator, you get a really low percentage of the content that you provide them. Which ah, yes, very 28%. true. And in the Web3 space, for example, where we have the sandbox, the central land, you're looking at 95% to the creator. And it makes sense, right? You're creating this. This is your mm. work. And you're getting 95% of that and only 5% commissions goes to the platform for hosting you and for allowing you the possibility to share that. So I think this is the big revolution that is happening in terms of the financial side of it and the economical side of it that it's important to highlight. And, you know, Meta came out recently with this 47% commission that was really staggering and everyone was talking about it. And I think um, I think the future is more towards the Web3 um, space that we're looking at. I think you're right. And that's um, basically it. So we can we can go into... We can freestyle now, isn't it? I was looking and I am paying attention, but this is also your website as well. Just before we kind of go through it, because I think people should look through it. Maybe you can tell us some of the projects. So just read out some things that we've got here. Fen Deuce says, busted. You're right. I was not following spaces. Completely busted live. That's the whole fun of life, though. I am following now, Fendez, and as should you. Um, I will hold my hand up for that. There was a question that came in, which is quite interesting, and maybe we'll tackle it together. 
So FenDirect says, could you explain how does an NFT work in the metaverse? Because NFT kind of has a bad reputation for pump and dump schemes. Does it differentiate from those schemes? Now, I'll even um, preface this is that I think NFTs, while they can be awesome, at the same time, it, I'm sure it depends on the person or the designer's intentions, but then there's also, I do think there's room for it to be exploited in this current evolving state. I mean, what's your thoughts about NFTs in that? Because I think you should, there's a lot of awesome things that we should continue evolving, but I do understand at the same time why some people might be concerned experimenting or investing monies in NFTs. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think NFTs is such a broad topic term, to be yeah. term that that you know, like for example, if I was gonna say like the internet uh, is a pump and dump scheme, like I mean, there's a lot of scams happening on the internet, right? Yeah. I can't generalize and say the I mean, it's the technology, right? So you have NFTs uh, that are you know even um, documents that are minted as NFTs. You have art as NFTs. You have assets as nfts that have a utility that you can use it you have collectibles as nfts so it, there, there are multiples of categories of nfts and i would yeah. say that the one the one type of nft that we're focused on is nfts with utility so this is an nft that actually gives you something that you can use within a within a space and there's really nothing that can scam you in that space right so for example you would go on art station mm. And you would buy a 3D model of someone because you want to use that. That's basically the same thing. But what happens in this case with NFTs is you have that ownership registered on a blockchain, on a decentralized blockchain. And that's the only difference. So I would say that's very safe. But then uh, collectible NFTs, I would be more skeptical about what am I investing in? Because that, that really comes down to an investment because it doesn't have a direct utility, right? Yes, you get access to a community. Yeah. Uh, you probably Some of them will have a lot of utility, but it depends on the project. It depends on the team behind it. Um, arts NFTs, that's also very subjective, right? If I love an artist and I invest in that, then that's personal to me. And I, I mean, if it gets dumped, then that was my personal decision, right? So I would say that it depends on the category of NFT you're looking at. And then it depends yeah. on the team behind it and the utility behind that work. Yeah, I think it's like everything else. You have to do research, right? I've seen there's so many junk um, collections of NFTs out there, but you can quite quickly do research and see that it's a copy of a copy of a copy. And then you probably shouldn't invest in it. I imagine it's a bit like picking an architect, right? You need to do research into the projects that they've done, the track record, the quality of the person it is. And then you go, oh, I'm going to choose the architect. That's what you would think a client would do, right? And I think it's the same premise with NFTs. Um, and the client will look at the person, the designer's background and the projects and you you, you take it from there and you're right valuations are going to go up and down in this space like everything else but it's 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 a moving space and i do think especially when the hype is up then of course if you get into anything at that point then you have to think that things leveled off um i always think back to talking about bitcoins i remember in 2012 thinking oh it's too late i can't be bothered looking into this now it's a cryptocurrency but i kind of brushed it off and then they went sky high and i was in the position to get involved and the space kind of moved on so i do think it's a really good time to experiment with these platforms and you know if if you're out in the open like yourself doing a business and you're showing the portfolio of work then people can 
way up and make their own risk profile, right? And they decide. Um, but it is an emergent space, and and there is an element where I guess everyone has to use a little bit of due diligence and common sense and think about what they want to do. I mean, yeah. do you think that's a fair a statement? Hundred percent. And you know, it's getting even harder. I, I was talking to a collector the other day who was mentioning that he had to install. You know, AI generated artworks are. Mm coming to the market faster than we even expected and mm. they're becoming super accessible and he was telling me that he has to he had to download this ai in order to verify if the artists that he's collecting from are actually creating the artworks or are they just sending some words to an ai generating that and wow. it's you know putting that on the marketplace and they're so beautiful stunning things that the ai is creating and it, it got me thinking as well like soon these ais are going to create instead of just 2d images they're going to create 3d models and how do we um, differentiate between what is AI created and what is human created? I mean, this is just uh, a whole. That, that's like um, we, can, we can go in a yeah. That's really interesting. That is like a rabbit hole, isn't it? Yeah. But you know, that's happening in construction now. I mean, there's digital programs in in, in Revit. I mean, I've seen there's a company called MatterLab, and they've wrote a script that will work out the most optimum flat layout and do it in Revit. So it's. The, the concepts you're talking about is it's not that far from the real world as well which is kind of crazy i think uh, i well, i wanted to if, if it's okay with you because otherwise before it, we all start panicking about ai like elon musk that we can bring it back down to basics as well because a lot of the stuff that you do is quite relatable to everyone else i was while i, I was in the in the job of like um, getting the, the video work. So we got the video working, which is a tick. And now I've got your website with the beautiful visualizations into these worlds that you're creating. Now, this one is called the Triangulum Galaxy. I, what, do you want to run us through a little bit about this project as well? Because it's quite beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. So this is also for that concert and festival space that I was, that I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. And the team and I were just like, talking and, and brainstorming and we had this reference from the from the client of the artist who the space was was created for an album cover of one of their albums and it was this beautiful golden uh triangulized um image and we decided to kind of turn that into a 3d entrance into the festival world so basically you would literally go through that space and and, and enter the festival um and that was kind of the entrance of it that was, and then we, we, we kind of went with that theme all over the world, the, the wow. festival land. We had these like spiked up triangles coming and appearing in different parts of the, the land. And it kind of became the, the identity of the build. Nice. I've just found out in the assets that you've got me, I've got a lot more videos that I can load from the festival space. So I'm going to do that. There's just a viewer's risk. It might shout out audio because I am not very tech savvy at the moment and we're alive but as long I as they have audio so you're safe oh we're safe there we go there we go it was a, it was a headphone alert but that's a false alarm so i'm gonna bring up more of these festival spaces let me just double check if i can do it let's try it i might not oh no it's a different version i can't i can't bring them up yet because of the codec but don't worry Maybe I can convert in the background. What would be cool is I'm going to bring up another project, Fatima, and then maybe you can run us through that project while I see if I can convert 
the files in the background. Let's if I it. can't, let's, let's go for the Milky Way. Yeah, if I can't, it's just that's life. We're having a bit of fun here. But if I can, cool. All right. So the the is this was this the one you said? Sorry, you said Milky no, Way. No, the one before because we. Oh, let me go before. back. But we got to cover this one because it's it's my favorite. If that's cool, the this Milky. The mil- the okay, the Milky Way is kind of cool as well. It's kind of cool as well. Yeah. Go for well, it. We still have to have, have, we're on the way with updates on our website. But if you go down, I'll, I'll describe this picture. Please. Fabulous. So within that same uh, festival space, we had this, um, and you can see the spikes, they're kind of continuing here as well. Um, <laughs> we had this NFC art gallery that we wanted to showcase. And the coolest part about this, if you just scroll down a bit, wish I could oh. do that. Sorry, it's me. Oh, I think you can actually. We can share your oh, screen cool. if you want to get a browser. Okay, perfect. So, we'll, I mean, this is it. This is the last image of that that we have here. Um, mm-hmm. The coolest part of this NFT gallery was this fountain. And once you get the videos, we'll have to show the video of this part because what we wanted to do was something out of this world. This was actually our first commissioned work for uh, the metaverse. And this was the moment where we were just like, okay, let's explore the boundaries. Let's see what are the limits. What can we do that is just super out there? And we did this fountain that had no structure whatsoever. These neon lights uh, going around it. And this fountain animated is actually really, really cool. Um, Can't wait to show you guys that. But it was the, the centerpiece of the NFT gallery. And it had these like elements that were flying around it. Very Toyo Ito, real life architecture inspired. Um, um, I think there's this one museum that he has that we were super inspired by that. And then they have these platforms and these lights that guide you. And, and you have like, I don't know how to say it, but you have like these balconies, yeah, balconies uh, that kind of can jump from there to the center and have we use this fountain that was mm-hmm. the sculptural element of the, of the gallery. All right, nice. I've actually think I've got this work in, let's see. I am. Um, I have got a work in. Hooray! I've converted one. Very cool. Nice. So where do we go? This is this is the Milky Way, isn't it? Is that right? So yeah, that's it. I mean, this is just from the garden going into that space, and then there's a second one, I think, from inside the gallery, and then you jump into the fountain. I will get that in one second. I am just converting the files as we speak. It's always a will is a way, isn't it? And I always, I like these organic chats. I like you know working. What? I these. have, I have the whole video of this. I can just share that if you want. Oh yeah, go on then. Hooray! I have to, I have to search for it. So okay, I've got. I think I've got one ready, so we can. Let me oh, just output it. Wow! Oh, we've got another question here. Oh, this would be good. Because we can ask a question while I convert the files, if that's cool. Um, Fatima, our favorite fan, awesome contributor here. Oh, I'm just going to get rid of the video. Asks us if, if, oh, do you work with regular architectural programs such as Revit, Rhino, Archicads, or do you work with the program situated in the game such as vox edit oh a technical question so practicality what, what are your kind of workflows and softwares then at the moment in your business so the videos that you're seeing were created in unreal engine just because we realized that you know we were, we were using cinema 4d and um to render and it just you know you have 
gigantic hours of rendering and it, it's not sustainable. So um, definitely Unreal Engine is the way to go if you have a lot of animations and renderings to do like a long video like that. It, essentially that whole video with everything come together is one and one minute and a half. So this was done immediately in Unreal Engine and with Cinema 4D, I guess we would have to have like three weeks of like rendering at least, just letting the computer render. So Unreal Engine is really useful. Also for bringing worlds and creating worlds with a lot of metaverses, it's the, it's the way to go. Um, typically for modeling, we use um, normal architecture, um, like 3ds Max, Rhino, Blender, that's what we use. And of course, for the sandbox, we use Box Edit and the Game Maker, uh, because essentially that's what you use to make um, make things in the in the sandbox. And of course, for assets that we've created, for example, let's say we want to have a statue or there are parts of the project that we want it to be in a more um, elaborate way, then what we do with that is we create the 3D model in in Rhino, in 3ds Max or Blender, and then we export that into this program called Magica Voxel. It voxelizes that um, higher quality 3D model, and then you can bring it in as an asset into VoxEdit. The problem with that is you have a limit of eight by eight by eight meters. So you have like a cube of eight meters um, and it has to fit in that. And if you have bigger assets, then you can't do that. What we would do for bigger things and when you know we have projects of three by three scale in the sandbox and then with that, you would essentially build the whole building um, within the game maker. And for smaller assets, like let's say you have a piece of furniture, you have a chair or you have um, a table, whatever it may be, with those little assets, you bring it in. Um, with the Vox Edit, um, you create it in the Vox Edit or you bring it in as voxelizing it through Magical Voxel. I love it. I managed to get one more there, which is yeah. the which is a higher resolution version of what we had on Twitter, which is awesome. Uh, but yeah. I think that gives a nice overview. Um, what we can do after as well is we can go back to all the projects you've got before. But I think this is such a super useful way that people can kind of see into all the exciting stuff you're doing. Now, I'm going to get rid of the video for a second. People can get in contact with you as well. And I want people to know that you're really open-minded to all of that. Now, while we're here, I think this is kind of a nice point to kind of just relax a little bit. I don't have to um, do all the technical support in the background. You have all my attention. Is there anything um, that you'd like to ask me? Because sometimes interviews can be one way, but when you ask me a few things, if you want, pick my brains. How's your journey with NFTs going? I mean, it's been a while since we last spoke, so how uh, is yeah. that going? It's gone slower than I'd like. And that's because um, NFTs, I think, I can see potential. So what I would like to do with the Architecture Social is have a way, because a big part of it is supporting architectural professionals, students really early in their career. And I can see that there's, as you said, utility in NFT. I can see there's something there. What it is, though, is because it's just me and the Architecture Social, it's just me. And right now, some of the things that I've learned in my professional life, such as recruitment and all this stuff, pays the bills. So I, I get pulled from the real life, keeps pulling me back. And every now and then when I have a spare moment, 
I um, I do work on the project. I'm lucky that because I got into it when we've talked about it. So I use a program called Nifty Kit to do experimentation and their prices have gone up. I mean, still very reasonable, but I'm grandfathered. So that by what I mean by anyone that term in the tech world, grandfathers mean the price. I've got it at like £10 a month for something where now it's like a hundred or whatever. So I'm really lucky. I've got it all set up. And I need to do it. The tricky bit with my project, because I'd like, what I wanted to do is, because architectural students and professionals, you all have these amazing projects and they sit on the hard drives. And I kind of like the idea of an an online directory of the metaverse. And that's coming because after this, I'm going to put all of your work and I've got all the assets to do them. But I wanted something where maybe uh, an architect could put their work on and they get a lot they get they can get put into a collection which is an architecture social collection and they get a huge chunk of the profits they can still do their own project and i don't have the rights to their project but it's more about an architecture social collection now the thing is fatima that when you've got um different people's projects it's out of it gets a bit messy and that's where i got with the process because it's not my work i'm not looking to get people's projects but it's more like curation of projects and that's where i got to it so i've still got to work out that bit but even in the times when we were talking about this stuff because i was like how do i distribute finances fairly say now someone buys an nft which you've got and you want to put it in the architecture social collection as well and you have your project elsewhere but you want to do like an architecture social collector collection cards or something like that then how do we split the profits how does that work and even and when i was researching in january there was nothing to do with that but now there is like yeah. nifty kit have developed it so you can actually split a profit fairly between um online wallets which is amazing because that's what i was looking for i was like i can't do all this manually and i don't want to be disingenuous to someone but in this world now you can put in a wallet and you can say 50 50 or whatever and so it's moving fast i've got these ideas i just need to sit down on it and but what's hilarious is what was impossible two months ago they've thought of and that's how fast the space is moving does that make sense so where my head's at with all this stuff i mean for us with the sandbox is even worse because we're building a project right and one week to the next we're like okay this week this is impossible (laughs) to do in the game maker of the sandbox the week after it's possible and these guys are moving at such a fast pace that it's really even hard to keep up with it and sometimes we lose one week not realizing that that is possible already and then you know but it's, it's really great and it's moving really fast. And you can do that directly on OpenSea as well. So when you open upload an NFT on OpenSea, you can have multiple creators and have their wallets and automatically um, distributes that. So that's really amazing. Yeah, and I assure everyone, if it sounds really complicated, when you start getting into the flow of it, it isn't. I think my tip is to go small, one step at a time. When you need to know something, then research it. You know, um, Ethereum is like a currency. At first, I was like, I don't understand. And then Polygon, I was like, I don't understand. But if you just 
start learning it as as it comes relevant i think that's a, a nice way to go about it and i actually got an audiobook which was like an introduction to um metaverse and the nfts and it was really really useful i just put it on it was only like 10 hours i put it on to work and i would pick up some stuff and and it was absolutely fascinating but i do think a lot of it is experimentation and and that's why i say but i'm definitely going to be continuing the nft project have i finished it no am i learning something yes and that's why if nothing else if nothing else happens then i've learned something and it's been fun and it's been exciting and it's been a moving space and I get a bit of a buzz off that. I like learning. I like getting involved. And I meet cool people like yourself. But the best case mm-hmm. scenario is there's a project that comes out of it. But I think it's very like business that maybe the idea I had at the start, that changes. Or maybe the project that I'm talking to you about in NFTs now, that's not what happens. But maybe in the future, I do events and there's NFT tickets. I really don't know. But there's yeah. so many utility-based applications that 100%. that's what interests me. But yeah, is there a um, last chance for anyone that wants to ask an architect in the metaverse questions? But just before that, I, do you have, have any have other questions? Question. I have a question. Yeah, go on. Um, have you invested in any NFTs or are you planning to buy an NFT at, 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 at any moment? The one I was very close to buying, and I still might do it, is um, the Sunken Blimp NFT, because I like their projects. I like what they're I doing. Yeah. yeah. So I'll buy, I'll buy that one because I like it. Um, I uh, I would have loved to have bought a CryptoPunk at the time, and or, or I think the, the Bored Apes, it makes sense. So I haven't. But I think Mate- uh, Mateus Stancadi's Sunken Blimp is the closest one because I think he um, and what he's doing is quite impressive and he's exploring that utility in an architectural sense. So it was more like out of respect. And so it's good you reminded me because I think I was going to do it and then I have a short attention span and I went off into another direction. But that's probably one I would do and that's to support sunken blimp if that makes sense it makes sense honestly when he talked about it um i was also very impressed and i think it makes sense because it's it's one of the first uh nft utilities backed by architect and and focused on architecture that i've seen so definitely interesting one i think so and but i i i think i've got one or two I want to say junky free ones. You know, you can get these free ones when I was experimenting. Um, but I, I was just doing it to learn. The only other thing, I, the other thing I've done, I have registered my domain ready in the metaverse. And that was a story as well, because I didn't put enough cryptocurrency in my wallet. And then I had to put it on twice. And I learned a lot about the functionality of how to do that. But there is an architecture social dot eth ready whenever i was like i have to do that and i think i did my name stephen drew dot eth now they're not a cool one like i would love architecture dot eth i think that's gone away already for sure but i mean yeah we had this conversation recently about we did, didn't we? ETH, right yeah <laughs> yeah we did we did um, which one are you looking at there was one isn't there oh you shouldn't say because then someone might buy it <laughs> well i mean this one is already bought the one that i was telling you about it was, it was bought for a really crazy amount of money it was just mm-hmm. god.eth 
Yeah, that is uh, that, that is one. I wonder if there's any architectural domains out there. But I think um, it's a very interesting space. There's a lot happening. Thank you so much for being here. You're an absolute star. I put the link down below where people can find you, where they can get in touch. And maybe we can touch base maybe in a few months or a year because the space is moving so much. Maybe you can show us some of your new bleeding edge projects. Let's do that. It's a plan. Thank you for yeah, having me. It's, it's always it's lovely a plan. to be with you. Yeah. My Perfect. pleasure. Thank you, everyone, that has been tuned in today. And if you're watching the replay on YouTube, do get involved. And if you are an audio listener on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever, I'll put in the YouTube link so that you can see the videos. And as well as that, you can see me try to get the videos on. Uh, thank you so much. Um, Panama, thank you so much thank for you. everyone here. I'm going to end the live stream now. Stay on the stage and see you guys soon. Take care.